Hello and welcome to Unauthorized Cinnamon, a Deadwood podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Herman. I'm Harry J. Perales, the other. And we've done it, folks. We've reached the season finale of season one of Deadwood. Uh, this is called Sold Under Sin, which is a, a really good title. Even though, like, nothing's... <laughs> we just had the worst title. <laughs> We're bookending the series in two episodes. Yes. It's contrast. Yeah. He works in contrast. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it, it's never... Nothing's really explicitly sold, per se, as much as, like, a lot of commerce happens in the show it's very evocative of what's happening of like this is established under very unscrupulous circumstances mm-hmm. but let's dive right in because there is a lot to cover in this episode this is you know, maybe one of the best episodes of television ever made mm. uh and we're not even to season two yet no uh, but we start out on al's balcony and al's just kind of he's got his coat wrapped up around him against the sort of morning chill mm-hmm He's staring out into the distance, and at first I was kind of like, is he looking at, like, where the Reverend is? Is he looking at, uh, you know, where Trixie was when she, you know, betrayed him, so to speak? But it turns out he was kind of, he knew something was coming, to quote Johnny Burns. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Dan comes out, brings him some coffee, and they don't really exchange any words. Dan just sort of leans up against the doorway behind Al. He's just kind of content to leave Al be for a while, and he's just going to stick around we go to docs and rev uh the reverend is talking to his wife he uh says you know he's telling her like oh i've got 67 dollars set aside i'll hopefully come join you soon he he slips in this our belly cleaveth to the earth and i was kind of curious as to what that was because i don't recognize that from my days in in the church this is from Psalm 44, and it's kind of calling out to God, like, where are you? Why are you away from us right now? It says, uh, awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Where hidest thou thy face, and forgettest our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, which Reverend also says a little bit later, and it ends with the arise for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. So... It's kind of the reverend saying that, like, I'm in a pretty bad way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he starts to have a seizure and Doc just sort of holds him for a while. Once that's over, Doc goes outside. He just, like, steps out so he can cry because it's so emotionally taxing. While he's out there, he sees um, General Crook and Magistrate Claggett mm-hmm. are riding into town. Uh, from his balcony, Al sees him. He kind of snaps out of his stupor. And he tells Dan, like, hey, uh, have Johnny brew some coffee and open some peaches. (laughs) Got to get some fruit together because it's an official meeting. Inside Al's office, Johnny was kind of like, Al knew they was coming. (laughs) And Dan's like, well, he knew something was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to downgrade Al's magical powers. (laughs) Um, And Johnny makes a little comment, like, I pretty much figured he couldn't sleep without Trixie, which... (laughs) Was it not, like, I kind of go, I love this little family. <laughs> I love this family so much. Um, even though mommy and daddy are getting a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, not your fault, though, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get we get in uh, downstairs at the gym. Claggett introduces General Crook. 
Uh, and he's been getting revenge on the Indians. He's defeated them at Slim Buttes, which is a town. <clears throat> they say he's, he's known as Custer's Avenger or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're just here for respite. Uh, Clackett kind of mentions, like, didn't I... Haven't, haven't we met before? Like, weren't you here when we were clearing people out of the territories? And Al's like, yep, that was uh, that was me. And Claggett keeps, like, interrupting. And Al looks at him, like, <laughs> shooting daggers. And even Johnny's <laughs> kind of like, I'm waiting for Al to wring that magistrate's neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crooks men need resupply and to get some rest. And Al's like, you came to the right place. <laughs> and he's like rest they need to rest actually rest we need them to not get too dissolute with their morals and we need them to not get too upset when it's time to ride back out like doesn't want them to desert which was a huge problem when there's like gold coming out of the fucking ground yeah (laughs) they're like i could just and, and that's what happened uh in real life why they just gave up trying to keep people out because so many of the soldiers that were supposed to be keeping people out were just deserting and going to <laughs> mine gold themselves and then they, they they just want to have a bath and al has johnny get them and johnny gives a salute <laughs> and it, oh we didn't mention general crook it's peter coyote yes, peter coyote. it's fucking peter coyote uh and i hear his voice and i think i'm watching a ken burns documentary <laughs> exactly and I was, he's like such a good like voice and face and just presence all around yes the face he's so yeah. like road weary mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he this is also this is another walter hill connection he's in southern comfort mm-hmm. along with uh powers booth and other. keith carradine keith carradine thank you so yeah even you know we've mentioned that like walter hill's name is gone as a producer mm-hmm. but i mean this is way into the series yeah, so he yeah. must have still been you know, friendly al says uh as long as it isn't too dissolute, you know, <laughs> the camp would like a parade for the people that avenged Custer. Mm-hmm. And Peter Coyote's just kind of like, fine, parade. Yeah. <laughs> One parade. <laughs> um, and Al takes Claggett aside and he's like, did you get Adams's message? And he says, uh, I haven't been a Yankton. I haven't seen uh, Adams. And Al says, okay, well, what he was going to tell you is fuck you. <laughs> You're not getting your fucking money. The uh, the magist- uh, Claggett is very sure of himself here, which one of the many characters that d- does not successfully read the situation <laughs> in this episode. Uh, and he's like, Al, come on. You don't, you need to value your freedom with these uh, prosperous days ahead. And Al says, maybe you don't value keeping your fucking guts inside your belly mm-hmm. enough. And he tries like, oh, Al, those are the days behind us. He's like, no, those are the days to my fucking left. And points to Dan, who's just always looking like, I can murder you yeah. right now. If you, that's not hard. Um, but anyway, we go out to the thoroughfare and Merrick is still <laughs> pestering people with his camera. He says, uh, all right, <laughs> General Crook's like, make the first one count. Yeah. And There's that great bit where he's like, Johnny Burns, you are not in this. <laughs> You see Johnny just like step back. And he's just like disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love like a bit where Johnny like doesn't understand the camera. Am yeah. I am I out of the way? Now? And like no, you need get get out. Am I good here? Um, and he's he goes, uh, General, your most victorious smile. <laughs> and Crook's just like no, I'm not. It's like all right, stern and resolute. <laughs> uh, 
back in the gym, Al's talking to uh, Dan, and he's kind of lamenting that Claggett is like he's a he's a fat tick feeding off the neck of the military and i don't really understand what claggett's getting out of the military other than i don't know i i I don't know what is better riding around with the cavalry than it is being in yankton other than like there's obviously power that goes along with the military but at any rate eb comes in he's very upset because he was not notified that the cavalry was in town uh but uh, Al quickly lets him know, mm-hmm. Cavalry's in town, EB. And he says, uh, well, they're going to have a parade later. Like, will you be leading the Hosannas? <laughs> 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 well, I suppose it's part of my mandate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've seen a lot of politicians think they have a mandate when they really didn't. But <laughs> no one like EB Farnham. Hmm. Uh, EB also very quickly realizes that he can make some money off of them and goes oh maybe i can help them uh find provisions and stuff and al says i hope you charge for your services (laughs) and you see eb like scamper off like hot dog uh and doc comes in and al says cavalry's in camp doc yeah he goes fuck the cavalry (laughs) and the committee that receives them (laughs) this goes back to Doc's time in the Civil War, but mm-hmm. it's also back when you could criticize the military. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a time when you could not just be uh, completely. Anyway, Al kind of laughs mm-hmm. at. Oh no! I guess it was EB saying like. Yeah, EB says that, and he's then, uh, eager to like come with the news. Yeah. Like, oh, I know uh, uh, the cavalry's in town. <laughs> Doc's just like, fuck the cavalry. <laughs> And yeah, you see Al like laugh, and then right afterwards he hears Trixie. Yeah, uh, Trixie says hi, dog. Yeah, and he's in the middle of eating a yeah. peach, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he like once he hears Trixie, yeah, just shuts down and. And he says, um, uh, "Is that when he says about a uh, Claggett?" He's like, "You don't come out. You don't leave the camp alive." Yeah, says it to Dan. Yeah, he says that to Dan, and he does that thing. Mm-hmm. This was, I guess, it's great direction, but I kind of want to give ian mcshane credit for good acting but he does that thing where he walks Mm -hmm. away and like is very purposefully not looking at trixie even though like the entire time he's hyper aware of where she is Mm -hmm. and i don't know that was just a great little like i'm not looking at you uh and there was there was a moment like it's also funny to see cracks in the facade of al swearingen of all people yeah and uh, in the last episode, like, after he makes Saul pay and, like, tells Trixie, like, you're sleeping with your own tonight and, like, get the fuck out of my face. He does this thing where he turns and, like, goes, like, hand me that fucking bottle. And he, like, does this <laughs> squinting of the eyes where it's, like, I'm, you're trying to be cool. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, give me the bottle. Um, yeah, give me the bottle. I'm not, uh, I'm not bothered at all right now. It's just uh, <clears throat> very relatable. Um so uh doc is going to see jewel he's got her boot uh dan goes like hey doc what you got in your tote sack <laughs> doc goes lettuce <laughs> it's not lettuce no. folks i think that's not a spoiler yet <clears throat> but okay so we're in the common room and doc's brought jeweler boot yep i love this little bit where he says like put your broom aside 
Yeah. And she's still got it. And he says, I said, put your broom aside. She's she like, says, you have to pry it from my hands. Yeah. Like, but she makes a joke out of it. Yeah. She's like, you'll have to remove it from my clutches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And like, <laughs> it's because she like cannot yeah. move her hands, but she's like making a joke out of it. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. I just yeah, yeah. love it. Um, he very doc-ishly explains to her like any discomfort <laughs> or numbness or pain you report it to me you don't be the doctor you just... <laughs> and she's like doc don't yell <laughs> he's literally right in her face screaming at her he's like <laughs> yeah i'm yelling so you understand <laughs> yeah and also because i'm brad dora <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah um so now in, in Al's room, Doc comes up. He goes to Al. And he starts to explain to him about the Reverend. He's like, look, he's, I, I can't do anything else for him. Like, mm-hmm. what little art I have is, it's it's beyond me now. He he just needs to be made comfortable. Have some girls care to him any time that they have. Just dock it out of my pay. Like, But he needs to be careful. And Al's kind of like, oh, so I get the bag of shit to hold or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, there's a great like you get to care for a human being in his last extremity because a human being in his last extremity is a bag of shit. <laughs> but then he also gets really great. Fuck you, Al, because yeah. Doc is just as stressed about the Reverend as Al is. Mm-hmm. But Al is trying to act like he's not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Al finally agrees. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take him. He's trying to act really like too cool for school i guess yeah like uh asks about jewel dragging her leg and he's like yeah she <laughs> talks like if it bothers you so much put cotton in your ears <laughs> and he asks about that other one yeah so like, how about that other one and he's like trixie's fine <laughs> doc can see they're like i know you're trying to be like uh what's her name was it uh, trixie Tr- like whatever uh, whatever so then he, he goes out in the balcony, yells down to Johnny and says, get the sled and bring Doc over. And then he says, tell the other one to make up the room. And Johnny's <laughs> like, Trixie? <laughs> Al just stares him down. Now we get to some real bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in Chinaman's Alley and Leon is yelling at this launderer about the condition of his shirts that he brought to have laundered. And he's just making up that they've been ruined. Uh, Sai is right next to Khan and says like uh, oh it looks like this situation needs to be resolved and Khan just very theatrically is like I hope that person is not as uh, he says really awful things Yeah, I hope that person is not as uh, what does he say arrogant up close as he seems from a distance mm-hmm. uh, like in the background you like I only noticed this with the subtitles on but leon is saying these celestials are trying to wash our shirts and goddamn feces yeah which like it's crazy like that seems like those sort of racial myths yeah and like stereotype myths that white people invent yeah like oh the chinese women they got sideways vaginas like it's absurd but like Mm -hmm. people actually believed it back then with all this stuff, like, they, oh, yeah, they wash your clothes in, in shit if you take it to them. Mm. Uh, there's, like, this episode, maybe just because of, like, recent events, it's, it's just really hitting hard, like, this is the way it's always goddamn been. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but we'll talk about that more later with the resolution of that plot line. But we're back in Alma's room, and this is where Otis kind of comes clear mm-hmm. with Alma. He's like, uh, oh, do you need someone to uh, represent you back in New York? And Alma's like, no, not absolutely not. <laughs> uh, she's just like, no, I don't want that. And Otis is like, do I have to abandon all of this being merely a parental concern so soon? And she's like, okay, what is your concern? And that's when he comes out that he is, in fact, in a whole ton of debt. (laughs) She is confused. Like, how are you back in debt? Like, I thought I got you out of debt when I got married to a man I don't love. And Mm -hmm. he says, I got some new debts. And Mm -hmm. she's, like, not comprehending, like, how... And he's like, you got me out of debt, and I got myself back in. Then he tells her that it's (laughs) $47,000. How much is that back then? Uh, It's a whole fucking lot. Like, she bought the claim for $20,000. Like, a goddamn gold claim. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think for this show, I just need, like, an inflation calculator just installed on my phone. Yeah, for real. Inflation calculator. It only goes back to 1913. But let's say in 1913, it's 47,000. In 2017, it would be 1.15 million. <laughs> so that's 1913. So going, he might be close to like $2 million in debt. All right. But yeah, he says like, has scale, doesn't it? Certainly there's something to that. And does a little laugh. Like, he's the shit. I, this is another thing. Like, what a fucking asshole. Also, that's incredibly me. Like, <laughs> the whole like, yeah, I fucked up. Totally. I completely fucked up in the exact same way I fucked up before. But at least I fucked up a lot. <laughs> he tried to make a joke. Uh, and she says like, uh, he tells her that she can borrow that much and a whole lot more against the claim. Mm-hmm. Um, she she tells him, you know, I'll help you. But after this, you're going to have nothing to do with this. And I'm going to have that in writing. Oh, then. And he says, no, you're not. You're uh, going to let me have it. And I'm going to stay on. And uh, he's showing that like sleight of hand trick to Sophia with the coin trick. Mm-hmm. And she, I, I think there's a part where she like She's, she, reaches for laudanum too. Yeah, she like oh, yeah, reaches, she reaches for, for it, but it's not there. Yeah. And like I had said last episode, she's gone back to behaving and talking the way she did back when she was on laudanum. and. Mm-hmm we kind of discovered that her dad is the source of pretty much all of her problems. Mm-hmm. Um, now in the book, um, tales from the black Hills. And this is alluded somewhat when Joni is talking to Alma about her backstory, but you know, Alma's mom died when she was young. And so Alma fulfilled a lot of the duties of a wife and, it's i think milch said like it's not always expressly sexual but he definitely took advantage of her in a way that a little girl shouldn't be taken advantage of Uh and she had to do things for him that she shouldn't have had to do and when she sees him playing with sophia you can see her get sick to her stomach yeah and she's like get away from her yeah it's not more than just like i don't like you and i don't want you to be friends with my (laughs) ward it's yeah you're you were not going to do to her what you did to me yeah um so she picks her up and runs out downstairs 
Charlie is talking with Joni and he's going to pay for a meal. And um, we find out that Jane actually did send back money for the <laughs> for that horse that she rode out of town. Plus, she has uh, $2 to give to Sophia from her <laughs> swear jar. Now, remember, she put in a penny every swear word she said. <laughs> and she's got $2 for her. So she's said like 200 swear <laughs> So... Uh, that seems about right, I think. Yeah. Um, Alma and Sophia come down, and Alma's you know, visibly, you know, she's crying, basically, and hyperventilating. And EB sees it and is like, oh, is something wrong? Did the j- child take ill? And I love that Alma just, like, stares at him but keeps crying and then just walks back <laughs> out. Like, she doesn't even have time to tell him to fuck himself. Yeah. Um, she runs into the hardware store, um, and this is sort of the reverse of what we saw last episode where uh <laughs> where seth had to get out while mm-hmm. trixie was in there now like almost showed up and <laughs> seth's like oh i gotta go see about that or, or thing. Like, i gotta go with that thing man. gotta go do that <laughs> like <laughs> i kind of wish that he'd grabbed that same little vice thing and like oh i was getting this <laughs> the, excuse vice. the excuse vice <laughs> Uh, so that's when Alma tells him, like, look, whatever impression my dad may have made on you, like, trust me, he's not a good guy. He's not here to help me. And Seth is like, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Alma asks him for his help. Uh, and Seth says, you have it. And there's, like, a shot. Sophia is, like, framed between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And she's looking up and smiling. Like, Sophia knows what what time it is yeah um no, saw <laughs> it's clobbering time <laughs> uh yeah but, uh saul when he ran out he ran into merrick and merrick is telling him that he fucked up his first picture of the general mm-hmm. he's like i'll have to just you know beg him to take another and Seth's <laughs> like oh i'm sure i'll love it yeah <laughs> Be surprised uh, if he wouldn't let you. Yeah, they love having her too. Uh, he sees Seth walking out, and he, he's doing the mad walk. So he's like, yeah. oh, boy. He runs out like, Seth, what's going on? And Seth's just like, get away from me, Saul. <laughs> and now I love this is going back to how much of a good team they are. Saul just says, like, do I need to stay with her at the store? He's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he does. Back at the Grand Central, Otis is coming downstairs. And EB asks him, like, oh, we head her down on a walk. Are we going to shoot some dice? And Otis just, like, rips into him <laughs> savagely. Like, it must cost you sleep, the the money you cost yourself and the chances for swindling that you lose, like, driving off people by this insistence to rub up against your betters. <laughs> and, like, this is one of the few times where I was, like, Fuck you, yeah. EB. You don't talk to EB like that. Yeah. <laughs> like anyone else can talk to you. He's EB like he's like an that. asshole, but he's our asshole. <laughs> yeah, and also you're a bigger asshole. Yeah, probably. Anyway, but the, EB doesn't want to admit that he's just been owned yeah. so bad, and just looks over at Richardson, who is yeah. uncomprehending. <laughs> just gives a smile like, yeah. Ee, awesome. Uh, so Seth shows up at the door and says, "Like you and I are gonna fucking talk." Uh, and Otis is like, what if I don't want to talk? And he's like, I'm going to beat your ass in the street. <laughs> and Otis brings up, you know, that would uh, be very stupid of you to bring up this sort of suspicion when uh, 
it looks like Alma had her husband killed and now I'm going to get beaten by her agent in the thing. Like that's only going to make people more curious about her and bring suspicion onto you, which you don't necessarily want. Mm-hmm. Then uh, they're walking and we see like shots of several different people seeing them walk it and it's it's that thing <laughs> it's similar to like when wild bill walked into the gem mm-hmm. and like we had all the shots of people like holy shit like yeah. it's just people walking but everyone knowing who they are and seeing like the looks on their faces everyone's like oh shit like it's also it's also the same thing i mentioned like the like the west just seemed like high school yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah, like, oh uh, shit, that's gonna beat down almost dead in the freshman cafeteria. <laughs> World star. <laughs> <laughs> and like EB sees him and he runs out and tells Richardson, I know what's in the till. <laughs> <laughs> but at the Bell Union, uh Otis is uh talking to Seth about like, were you bullied as a child? Do you like feel the need to make every th- to right every wrong? Uh he goes up to Eddie and he starts shooting craps and mm-hmm. I assume losing really badly. Mm-hmm. I think because he says like Le Deux, which uh, I think he's asking for two. And mm-hmm. I keep hearing like, I heard like six. The number is six. And like Eddie's delivery is not <laughs> excited. So I'm assuming like, and it's also this guy's lost $2 yeah. million. Dollars. <laughs> so anyway, he, he says like, look, Seth, I'm just asking for a little bit of money off my daughter's claim. Like, She's not the victim here. Like, I just want a little bit to get by on whatever. Uh, and he goes, and trust me, I hate it here. I'm not going to stick around. He says, and if you inhale and expel pure righteousness, my olfactories are keen to the smell of shit. Which is, uh, hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Otis also brings up, like, you don't want to hurt me because I can truthfully say... That I heard almost wish Brom dead five minutes before they got married. And I can tell them that Alma admitted to being complicit in his murder. And he's like, so if you think that it's good enough, or it's a good idea to hit me, knowing all that, then you might as well go ahead and take your swing. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, the, the, it's like the best, like. Just built like winding up, winding up, winding up, like winding up, and then throwing the fucking pitch, man. Like, you're, just, you're like, oh, I just throw that fuck right in the face. Like, yeah, you just want to see him get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. when it happens, it's just so satisfying. This is like the second instance of a character being like, "You're not gonna hurt me," and mm-hmm. then boom, yeah. <laughs> like, like the magistrate's like, "Al, those days are behind us," and then he fucking gets killed. <laughs> It's like, uh, you misjudge the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they start punching. There's a great little Eddie goes, gentlemen, watch the felt. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is the last we see of Eddie, actually. Mm-hmm. So this is it for Ricky J. Uh, I've talked about how um, Jim Beaver, who plays Ellsworth, comments on Alan Seppenwall's recaps. Uh, this is what he has to say about... Um, Ricky J not being back. He says, one thing about this episode I can't allude to is the absence thereafter of size prestidigitatious craps dealer. I have no idea whether there was blood bud between Milch and the actor, but I felt at my remove some tension in the air. The story we heard was that one of these characters was supposed to die at the other's hand in this one. Mm-hmm. 
and that the actor scheduled to die refused to shoot the scene. Hence his simple simple disappearance from the world of Deadwood with only the merest of explanations early in season two. Uh, you kind of get that hint that like it's being set up as well in like the episode before where like uh, Eddie's like pawning the chips and stuff. And Cy like notices Eddie yeah. give, doing the little mm-hmm. nose thing. Yeah. And he goes, what you up to, Eddie? And that sort of thing. Like the minute Eddie said he planned to rob Cy, I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's going to end up horribly bad for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but, uh, Jimmy, I can't verify that this is what happened, but as with the two young grifters, this is the story that winged its way around the camp. Um, I suggest that in rewatching Deadwood, one pay attention to relatively prominent characters who die. There are more than the usual number of off screen stories lurking behind the body counts on the show, (laughs) uh, all through the series. I had I had reinforced in me on this show my two rules of acting. One, never hold up production. And two, always make them glad they hired you. (laughs) On Deadwood, those rules were particularly good to follow. So that makes me really sad because I love Ricky J so much. Right. Um, I love Eddie Sawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Sawyer was a great foil for Psy. But in a sense, like, uh, because, you know, we're spoiling it that, you know, uh, we're not going to see him anymore. But... uh, he gets away though just you know you'd imagine somebody's kind of craft or as you know capable as eddie would be able to do and so i kind of like it's it's more than just like oh you gotta see Sai brutally murder somebody else again you know yeah yeah that's good yeah eddie gets to just live his life on the river or whatever yeah uh but after he's done beating the shit out of him seth tells him like you go on back and tell anyone who wants to believe your lies what you have to say and give them a fucking map and tell them i'll be waiting for them and there's shots of alma who i assume is reaching climax right now <laughs> <laughs> watching seth do his thing he walks out in the middle of the parade starting and it's kind of like very appropriate that mm-hmm. you hear this like military music after yeah. like seth has done his angry walking <laughs> um and like Alma asks, like, please uh, see to my father. Uh, when Seth is outside in the distance, you hear a gunshot, and Seth kind of like looks towards like the area of danger, and Sai like makes eye contact with him, and Sai mm-hmm. like isn't surprised. Yeah, which tells um, Seth something. So we guide a, go to Chinaman's Alley, and Khan has shot the launderer that Leon was hectoring, and Leon claimed that. He was trying to blind him with lie, like, I guess, throw some lie in his eyes. And mm-hmm. because of what Leon was claiming he did to his clothes, Tom is there and he just looks like dejected, like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wu is holding the body and screaming and Leon is just yelling at him. And Khan yells at Wu, like, you need to be quiet or you'll be subject to reprimand, which... Um, is something that <laughs> still with us the uh, innocent party that is upset at the injustice getting yelled at like you're uh, sir please stop filming you know mm-hmm. you're gonna be taken to jail if you don't stop you know <sighs> it's uh it sucks when you see something like that that's still going on and you can't just be like oh it's crazy back in the <laughs> 19th century <laughs> yeah uh, 20, we're two centuries later and it's still yep. fucked up. 
but we uh, follow the procession outside the Belly Union. This is where General Crook is telling the story of their expedition. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth walks up, and there's a soldier next to him that's clearly in like a horrible way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm guess some sort of mentally ill, and this soldier's sort of like interjecting like the harsh realities of what happened that general crook is sort of glossing over and making this grand tale of military daring do and like ah we fought the the heathen savages Mm -hmm. and the guy's like i had to eat our fucking horses and they you know we didn't have any food and then they said like uh the indians had us surrounded and we fought them off and the guy said yeah we slaughtered the women and children for making us kill our horses like and then the guy eventually is like, like, where's that cunt? Like, <laughs> going off. To, it's yeah. it's a great little scene of like, here's yeah. the the story that gets carved onto yeah. statues of this general, and then here's you know a soldier that's like, yeah, we had you just you know steal from our <laughs> fellow man, and then we killed women and children because we were mad about having to eat mm-hmm. horse, you know. And then Khan comes up next to Seth, and he's. I'm guessing covering his tracks of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad you're there to see that go down. Uh, God, he says horrible shit. Like this is another shit you still hear white people say. And he goes, uh, oh, you know, those Chinamen, like they'll bow and scrape and be all nice to you until six of them get together. Then no white man's safe. Like, oh God. <laughs> Luckily Seth is just like, not having any of it and he says next time you next murder you do on an errand you take out gotta take off the fucking badge mm-hmm. and connor's like i don't know what you mean i don't <laughs> think i like it and so he seth just rips his badge off and throws it into the mud mm-hmm. uh is you know outraged and goes to pick it up and tom stops him tom mm-hmm. says leave it there you bought out son of a bitch yeah it's good that tom as much as it was a bad idea, like the, m- the very first thing that happens, he's just like, absolutely not. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, this goes back. We were talking last week about like thinking you were doing something to make it better, but you're actually making it worse. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure Tom didn't want to try and start a race war. Yeah. Um, Crook is done with the speech. He asks EB if his quartermaster should consult with him about getting resupplied. Uh, EB starts to like, oh, certainly, like, I'm EB. And he's just, it's like, that's who you need to talk to. Like, <laughs> Captain Bub. <laughs> Sounds like a Star Wars co pilot. Captain Bub. <laughs> Captain Bub. <laughs> uh, One of the fucking clones or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I guess, a, whatever that animal, the animal, alien that Nian Nub is. Nian Nub? Yeah. <laughs> I can see Captain Bub like Ooh. <laughs> uh, but then <laughs> Merrick comes up to General Crook and wants to confirm his speech. Crook, Christ. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's so good. This delivery. And Seth like bends down to pick up the badge out of the mud. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting you can still hear Merrick in the background. It's just like a subtle way that mm-hmm. the sound design is like keeping everyone together anyway seth picks up the badge and then like we see everyone see seth pick out the badge and everyone kind of knows what's up like sai sees it and goes like oh how fucking touching whatever you know whatever sai is thinking 
Seth looks up and he like makes eye contact with Al and we can see the bond being, you know, solidified there. While that's happening, Saul sees Seth doing that and he's kind of like, oh boy, here we go again. Uh, Captain Bub comes up to General Crook and he's talking about the Grand Central. He's like, this hotel is the least of all evils. <laughs> Crook is like, does it belong to that mayor? <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, and then Richardson goes, yeah. yes, but I can check you in. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good comedy writing. Yeah. Uh, but Cy comes over and he says, like, oh, let us do a small gesture of gratitude and you can stay with us. Yeah. And Merrick very coyly does a oh, brothel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Crook says, uh, all right, if we do that, it would have to be closed to any other business. And Cy, being a piece of shit, is like, well, that would make it a very large gesture, but uh, we'll see what we can do. Uh, back at the gem, uh, Seth has come in, and he tells Dan, this is a very interesting scene to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seth is telling Dan, like, look, this I just beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> if he doesn't die... And if he goes back to New York, he's going to tell those people in New York story about how Alma Garrett had her husband killed. And while she didn't, uh, or, and then they'll say, well, it probably wasn't her that actually killed it. They'll look for who actually did the killing. They'll inevitably find you and they'll be wrong about Alma, but they'll be right as rain by you two cocksuckers, you and Al. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tell them all that upstairs. If he don't die. If he don't die, I don't think I killed him. Just so I understand, if he don't die, you're saying the man's luck don't have to hold out. Now that's the message you want me to take upstairs. I don't swim in that shit. You ought to pin that on your chest. You're hypocrite enough to wear it. It's like, <laughs> what? Dan has a great line, though. He's yeah. Like, you spin that star on, you're hypocrite enough to wear it. Mm-hmm. Dan has the same uh, opinion of the law as Al. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I'm wondering if Seth is the second character to do this to Al. Because someone, I think in the AV Club, they brought it up. Like, when Doc asked Al to take care of the Reverend, was Doc maybe kind of knowing, like, Al would put the reverend out of his misery because mm-hmm. al wouldn't want like a, a room taken up that long or yeah does he know that al actually has the stones to do what doc wants to do yeah i was kind of wondering that i mean i kind of especially re-watching it I, knowing the outcome it kind of seems like that's at least on the doc's mind that it's a possible kind of mm-hmm. agent of bringing forth what he can't do to the reverend but you know what needs to be done yeah earlier Wu had come in he was gonna complain to al about the launderer that got murdered as seth is going up Wu storms out and al is kind of yelling at him like when did you start thinking that every wrong had to be avenged like he has a line did you come to the camp for justice or to make your fucking way you know you come to a place with no laws like kind of i think al is just deflecting because he doesn't have time to deal with it yeah and also like he can only do so much before Sai fights back mm-hmm. but it is a you know 
fair question. But at the same time, he sees uh, the Reverend being taken into uh, one of the horse rooms. Um, Johnny is pulling him in. God damn. <laughs> train, dude. Um, so go back to the hardware store. and It's interesting. We see the soldiers actually buying mining supplies. <laughs> it's funny to me. There's no... Like, later on, Captain Bub has something to say about it. But, yeah. like, right now, Saul's just like, oh, thanks so much. Yeah. It's like, these guys are buying mining supplies so they can yeah. <laughs> desert and go mine gold. Uh, but uh, Seth is preoccupied because he's kind of... Now that he's actually beaten the shit out of Otis and put a hit out on him, basically, he's kind of <laughs> regretting it. Uh, Saul says, I get the feeling you kind of done some things you wish you hadn't today. And Seth asks, what kind of man have I become? But Saul says, I don't know. The day ain't fucking over. Which later on, like, um, that helps Seth make a decision. Right. Uh, but back at the gym, Al is... Uh, Asking Johnny about uh, details about the shooting in Chinaman's Alley. Uh, there's some good Johnny lines in here. <laughs> it's like not important. Johnny's like, oh, I had my head down towing that reverend like a like a canal mule. <laughs> and he's like, was he, uh, did Stapleton act like a fucking frightened man after he shot him? He's like, more strutting like a dunghill rooster. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of shit heel and dunghill throwing around this <laughs> but yeah al figures it was a put-up job and Sai is moving on chinatown so um he can tell that what size up to dan is advocating for uh killing otis talking about what seth came in and said it's like look otis is there and the magistrate's there i can go kill them all <laughs> one fell swoop. yeah and take care of a whole bunch of them and uh uh, it's like it's the kind of killing you, you uh, advertise or what does he say? Like that's the sort of killing you preach, Al. Head off trouble down the road, and uh, but Al's kind of like we have to deal with what's on the road first. Yeah, it's like Al's got a whole lot on his plate, and this is when <laughs> EB tries to <laughs> tries to say Dan like Magistrate Claggett's the chief can start and like reaches out to touch Dan and Dan like <laughs> looks at him like the, what the fuck <laughs> touching me. <laughs> Dean wants to kill everyone, but Al's kind of like, no. Al sees uh, Adam's and friend <laughs> right in. <laughs> I'm I'm very amused by Adam's little, what is what is Al, uh, what does Al call him? Like his butler. <laughs> like like, like I his just, butler. I just have him in my notes as Adam's and friend. <laughs> uh, as he's leaving, Al kind of counsels Dan like moderation and all things, <laughs> including murder. Um. We're back at the hardware store, and the soldiers have bought their supplies. <laughs> and Saul's like, "Good luck." And you can see that Seth's like come to a conclusion. He goes at me like, shakes Saul's hand. Like I completely missed the first few times mm -hmm. watching this episode. But it's like, oh, he's thanking Saul because Saul told him like, "Look, the day's not over. You can still, mm -hmm. you know, change what happens." Uh, in the Belly Union, we have uh, this dinner with the general and the Psy. <laughs> this is a hell of a scene, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Sai is explaining to the general, like, hey, you know, uh, we're trying to get annexed and get some lawn here, but it's, you know, those wheels are slow to, to move. Meanwhile, you know, there's tens of thousands of dollars being dug up every day. And, you know, there's a lot of people being tempted by that much money. Uh, 
in the meantime, one of the whores goes to pour General Crook some wine, but he like stops her and he doesn't mm-hmm. even like look up. He's just like staring straight ahead. Yeah. Covers it up and sighs like, sure, we can't tempt you. And he's like, and there's a shot of the whore again. And he's like, I'm sure. <laughs> General Crook is a um, very upright man. And uh, Crook is... So basically, size asking Crook to like leave some of his soldiers behind to take care of all these like problems they're having, like mm-hmm. law enforce some of the law, whatever. And Crook says like for problems without like start up a militia, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's like as far as problems within the camp, have you considered hiring a sheriff? <laughs> <laughs> There's a great side like, yeah, we got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then Sai just like flat out bribes him for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> which, as we know, fifty thousand—that's uh, what five million now. <laughs> Wait, yeah. no, I don't know. That's two million. I'm sorry, that's a little over two million. Probably close to three million. So Seth comes in. He wants to speak to General Crook. He goes in. He mentions that his uh, brother was a cavalryman who uh, was killed fighting the Comancheros. Or something in Texas, yeah, which I had never known about. Got to look that up. That was kind of interesting. But uh, and he asked Crook to protect uh, Alma's dad, and uh, he's like, "Protect him from who?" He's like, "Some in this camp want him killed. Don't worry about it." <laughs> he's like, "I beat the shit out of him. Some other people want him dead. I just don't want him to die." And the sheriff here can be bought for a half a can of bacon grease, so <laughs> I can't go to him. Uh, Crook like agrees. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll protect him. That's mm-hmm. fine. But he says like, if the situation here is that the sheriff can be bought for half a can of bacon grease, and you are a former marshal, and you have trouble with your temper, <laughs> maybe you want to put that to good use, like mm-hmm. serving other people. And Seth kind of is like, okay. And he tells him like, we all have bloody thoughts. Yeah. Uh, which is. That, that line kind of hangs over Seth's whole character. Um, but Captain Bub is back. Uh, and he's, <laughs> he's a like, gopher-faced merchant. Like, uh, anyway, he calls EB gopher-faced. He's like, he's trying to rob us. I'd rather resupply with the fucking Sue. <laughs> and he also lets him know that he's got like three men under arrest for bearing their uniforms. <laughs> like trying to desert and five for bartering their weapons for credit at the tables or for whores or mining supplies. <laughs> and Crook is just like, God damn it. <laughs> and he's like, all right, we're going to ride outside a camp and bivouac out there for tonight. <laughs> like Cy and Claggett are all like, Oh, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> like they're so, uh, but like Cy's just like, look, I'll give you all this money for just 12 guy. And yeah. <laughs> Claggett or, uh, Crook is just like, you know, just basically tells him if he could, he would have him hanged. If I were sheriff, yeah. I'd be hanged. <laughs> I think if that were a movie, that's where the whole audience would like cheer. <laughs> yeah. Um, now we go to Alma's room, and Joni has brought Alma her dad's teeth. <laughs> and when Joni walks in, like Sophia calls out her name. She's like, Joni. Do they know each other? I guess because they like eat next to each other all the time. Yeah. Well, there. I think there was um. Didn't Joni walk up to uh, Sophia during the fight? Wasn't she watching her during the fight? 
Because I remember oh, there was that's... a shot, and uh, I'm pretty sure... I forgot to write it down. I forgot to rewind it and make sure. But uh, I, I thought it was like... Because like, after Saul and everybody leaves, the only person that's left is Joni. That's very so, possible. You know, because Sophia's not at the uh, the Bella Union whenever uh, Otis gets beaten within an inch of his life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is where Joni tells Alma her life story. On our way from Syracuse to Indiana so my daddy could try farming, my mama got cholera and died. He didn't make any better a farmer than millinery clerk, but he had a way enough with words to get me believing that my mama in heaven wanted me to see to his needs. And then to add to the egg money by seeing to the men he brought. And she wanted me talking my sisters into seeing to his needs and then to the men. Till he sold me to Cy Tolliver. If he was here, I'd wish a beating mornings and evenings on my daddy, like your pa took today. He made Joni turn her sisters out, which uh, kind of fills in the part with um, Flora, yeah. where Joni was reminded of you know sisters that she had to turn out, and she doesn't want to do it anymore. So... Joni and like last episode, I think when Otis first shows up, there's a you know throwaway shot of Joni kind of recognizing who Otis is and what kind of man he is. Yeah. Um, but she uses that to say like, I would if my dad were still around, I'd wish beatings on on him like your dad got morning, afternoon, and night. Yeah. They are interrupted by Seth pounding savagely <laughs> at the door, like <laughs> all that pent-up sexual energy is <laughs> expended on the d- door. And Joni's kind of shaken out of the, you mm-hmm. know, the stupor. Um, so Alma looks at Seth and there is like serious tension just from them like looking at each other. She takes his hand and looks at his knuckles that are all bloody from beating her dad's face. Joni's like, ah, hey, so let's get out of here, Sophia. Let's uh, let's let's go. Let him bone. Ah, Sophia, you hungry? <laughs> So Seth, <laughs> so they leave and Seth like closes the door and like just stands there for a while because he's like <laughs> unsure of what he's going to do. And there's even a little bit like Alma like leans over like, what are you doing, Seth? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually have that in my notes, WID Seth. <laughs> like it snaps him out of it when she's like, Mr. Bullock, would you like to sit? And he's like, I told General Crook to look after your dad. Uh... So he should be kept safe uh, from there uh, until they leave. And then they're just like alone in a room. Mm-hmm. And Seth says, I stand before you a married man. But Alma's like, yeah, but it's to your brother's widow, which is like super noble. And it just makes me even more horny. And it's like, and Seth is like, but I'm married. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm married. I'm one, son. one last shot at like, yeah. I'm married though. But... <laughs> But that didn't work because they start to finally kiss, mm-hmm. which it's finally we, yeah. can, we can get that out of the way. Yeah. And she starts to get undressed, and Seth is like, "If you'd uh, be more comfortable behind the screen, like, <laughs> have you not done this before? Like, I guess it's possible he hasn't." But it, <laughs> she is like, "Wouldn't that defeat our purpose?" And you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back at the gym, Adams comes in, and Al is kind of playing around sizing up where 
Adam's loyalties lie. If he's there because he's looking for Claggett in the camp, or if he's there to move on Al on Claggett's behalf. Like, did he actually meet up with Claggett in Yankton and, like, turned on Al now? Anyway, but Johnny comes out of the room where the Reverend is with this look on his face, just um, dejected, because the Reverend's getting just worse and worse. Yeah. So Al comes in, asks Trixie to leave, and tells Johnny to shut the door. Mm-hmm. So now we go to Doc's, and this is Doc's prayer scene, which is just breathtaking. Yeah. If I was a more adaptable prime A or one of your regular petitioners, I suspect I wouldn't feel this pain. I guess I, I'd have a wad of cartilage covering the patella, protecting me from this, this discomfort. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Just please, God, take that minister. What conceivable godly uses his protracted suffering to you? What conceivable godly use? What conceivable godly use was the screaming of all those men? Did you... Did you need to hear their death agonies to know your, your, your omnipotence? Mom! Mother, find my arm! Mommy! 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 They, they shot my leg off! It hurt so bad. It hurt so bad. Understanding's imperfection. Trusting that you have a purpose. Praying that you consider it served. I beg you to relent. Thy will be done. Amen. Some of the best writing and performance. That line, what conceivable godly use is his protracted suffering to you? And he kind of repeats that what conceivable godly use, which is a really great, like, when you're just completely um, at your wit's end and just absolutely just grieving. And you just kind of mm-hmm. say the same thing over and over. Yeah. But then he goes, what use was those children's, were those kids' screams? Like, mm-hmm. during the war, he said, did you need to hear their death agonies to know your omnipotence? Just good fucking writing yeah. and Brad Dorf delivers it he goes a little bit over the top <laughs> mommy with the mommy yeah. like but uh, like right yeah it's so good I don't want to nitpick but um it's just one of those things where you're like engrossed in like a scene and then you hear mommy you're like okay that's... yeah oh, yeah this is the guy that does Chucky yeah but, uh, <laughs> and there's also like he, he starts out his thing like if I were a more adaptable primate mm-hmm. or one of your regular petitioners i <laughs> wouldn't feel this pain from me like i might have cartilage on the patella it's like <laughs> i feel like he's falling back on his pr- profession to avoid what he has to talk about yeah and then we go back to the gym 
And Al has decided he's going to just put the Reverend out of his misery. And he tells Johnny, like, you want to be a road agent? You want to deal out death when it's called upon? And he's saying that as a way of, like, here, I'll teach you how to do it. But it's also, like, you really are up to this? Are you up to actually, like, ending a person's life if you have to? Mm-hmm. So he starts to suffocate the Reverend. And uh, as the Reverend goes, Al lets out that you can go now, brother. Yeah. And it... <laughs> That scene is so powerful, mm-hmm. and looking it, it cuts back to Johnny and as good a like comic actor is um, as good an actor as he is like comically he's like super funny like he's playing this sort of sweet stupid boy being devastated he plays that really really well yeah. um, and also like uh, another thing it's. I love the kind of the one line that, you know, Al, our Al's last kind of words, the reverend, you know, you can go now, brother. He not only, you know, brother isn't, you know, a member of the cloth, but also he's tying back to his own experience with his own brother that he, he mentioned episodes ago where he was mm-hmm. like, he used to have a seizure and he would, we'd charge people like, you know, money to, you know, stare at it. Mm-hmm. And so you can feel it's, it's been, you know, coming for a few episodes, but you know that this is thing where it's like, Al is working out his own stuff with his own brother. Yeah. And also with the Reverend who, you know, has come to be part of the camp and, uh, you know, an important part of it. Or a very liked, I don't know, important, but like a very, yeah, very well liked. Yeah, he was the sort of person everyone in camp loved having around. Yeah. Like even Al, when he didn't want him in his saloon, he was like, well, I, I I don't mind that you're around. It's just, yeah. you know, it's bad for business during yeah. the operating hours. Yeah. If you want to come hang out, that's fine. But, you know. Um, but, yeah, and Al's past has been being drudged up yeah. a lot lately. So it's been a lot on his mind. And so that's over. And he tells Johnny, you know, gets a sled for him. He walks out and he's crying. Yeah. And he kind of leans against the door frame for a while. But as he does that, he notices Trixie at the end mm-hmm. of the hall. And with Trixie, you know, he's trying to put on the act of, like, I don't fucking care about nothing. And so he kind of, like, straightens himself out. Well, there's, there's a really great cut where um, you see him, his eyes are red, and, like, you know, he's been crying when he run, he run I think it's, it's Claggett who runs into him, right? Yeah. Runs into Claggett, and then we turn around and look, and it's just a really simple cut of, like, clearly it was shot at a different time or, like, later to where he composed himself, but there's no redness in his eyes. As mm-hmm. he's turned, if you look, there's like they're clear, huh? Yeah, like <laughs> we also see Claggett standing next to a whore that has like her <laughs> blouse open. He's kind of like looking over. But anyway, yeah, he sees yeah. Al turns around to go, and he goes up to Al's like, "Oh, we're about saddled up." Al and Al kind of like keeps from Claggett being able to see his face because mm-hmm. he's still yeah, crying yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit. And he's like, "Tell me what you mean upstairs." Like, yeah. Like, hey, go meet me upstairs. Let's see. And yeah, and that's when he turns. And yeah, there's, there's also a little bit that's kind of like heartbreaking when uh, you know, he's like, get fetch the sled, and you're just kind of thinking, fuck, like, is he gonna feed him? Like, is the Reverend gonna get fed? Like, yeah. But you know, in a few scenes, we'll find out that that's not the case. But at the yeah. moment, like, fuck, like, yeah, this is he's getting rid of him. Mm. I was. I hadn't thought about that. I assumed they would bury him because, yeah, come on. But, but I guess but, not. You'd but have to pay the, for a like, plot, yeah, right? Like the sled, but 
Yeah. No, you're you're yeah. right. I'm I'm just, mm-hmm. like I hadn't god damn it. <laughs> like oh that would have been yeah. really depressing. But then we go up to Al's office and judgment time has come for Claggett. <laughs> Adams and friend are standing there and uh dan is sitting at al's desk and he like clearly has gun tra- trained because he's so like straight up and down in the chair uh but al comes in and he's like oh so this is interesting like is adams on my side or is he on your side can the judge trust him oh like <laughs> saying it all out loud but anyway claggett proceed uh and claggett says that crook is thinking about leaving some troops in the camp which al doesn't want yeah uh, and Claggett's like, uh, General Crook has come to trust me exclusively on all matters, and if you made the appropriate gesture to <laughs> me, I could be. <laughs> Which like, this is the second time a guy just like calls for himself to get, yeah, you know, taken care of. <laughs> it's like make the appropriate gesture. <laughs> it's like, do you really? And they also did the thing where he's like. You have the warrant on you. You have it on your person. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I do. I totally do. Yeah. No one else has it. It's just me. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, man, you've, have you never watched a movie? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... And so... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Al has that line uh, right after he's like, make the appropriate gesture. And he's like, what, what is this? Like, yeah, make that... the appropriate yeah. gesture and... And your problems will be taken care yeah. of. And then I was like, oh, couldn't that be said about so many men or something? Like <laughs> yeah. That? And Adams is like, yup. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just cuts his fucking throat. Mm-hmm. Regardless of that cravat he's wearing. <laughs> yeah. I kept, uh, yeah. So that motherfucker's dead, which like, good, man. Fuck. It's tired of him. And Adams is, takes a warrant out of his his pocket and is like i'll give you this warrant when you take that fucking gun off me yeah. so he just puts his revolver on the table yeah. both of them didn't like hurks up this yeah. huge <laughs> fucking cannon <laughs> he has to like shift his body weight yeah. to get, to get it up so, oh man that was a great little sight gag um we go back to alma's room and seth and alma are laying around in their post-coital glow uh, but they hear like the troops mustering, mm-hmm. like Reveille's getting played, and Seth's like, "Oh fuck, I gotta go." Because <laughs> that means that you know Otis has to get going. Yeah, he's like, "I didn't think you'd have to travel so soon after getting his face bashed in," yeah. and almost like, "I don't begrudge him an uncomfortable journey." <laughs> oh snap! Now we're at uh, Doc's house. And Doc was, like, just finishing his prayer, I guess. Because uh, Al's pounding at the door, yeah. and Doc's is like, there's your competition. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's, a, there's that reveal that, like I was saying earlier, you kind of think that the Reverend's going to get fed, but, like, the Reverend's over, like, Al's shoulder, and he's like, He's saying this stuff about, like, ah, oh, you know, he waited until I picked him up to leave, to die, to go. Uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah and it's this very interesting like doc is pleased by it because mm-hmm. he thinks it you know like his prayers been answered and it has yeah but it, it just this goes back to a lot of what milch's view on how god works mm-hmm. is because you know I, I read that passage from um tales from the black hills where he talks about how if god wanted to speak to them why wouldn't he put like a you know tumor on his brain mm-hmm. to have his visions 
just because there's like something explaining it doesn't mean that it wasn't God, mm-hmm. you know? So I think a lot of people watch this as like, oh, Doc thinks he was miracul- miraculously ki- like taken away by angels or whatever. But in reality, it was Al killing him. It's like, well, you know, God uses his agents on earth and, you know, that sort of thing. That's one of them. So he's an agent. He's a... He's on a mission from Gad. Yeah. He's from Chicago. It's true. <laughs> and an orphanage. Oh, shit. Oh. Al's a blues brother. We did it in the episode with the fucking You Can't Turn Me Loose thing. We'll have a. Mini the Moocher <laughs> interlude, <laughs> interlude in the middle of the episode. So Al lays him down. He said, you're going to probe his noggin to see what went amiss? <laughs> and he goes, I love how Doc's like, no, not tonight. <laughs> uh, he says, tonight I plan to drink in. And that's when Al gives a line that we've seen on uh, crocheted on so many pillows mm. and <laughs> on so many memes on our mom's facebook mm-hmm. like announcing your plans is a good way to hear god laugh mm-hmm. okay very good <laughs> uh <laughs> we go to the thoroughfare and there's someone else carrying a body over their shoulder only this body's alive seth has otis over his shoulder and just like <laughs> ties him to a horse <laughs> just like happy trails motherfucker uh Cy is watching this from his balcony and he's like there goes the fucking cavalry <laughs> And Alma's watching from her window. Seth walks into the gym and Dana's like, hey, look, we haven't been able to get to your guy. It's been a busy night. (laughs) Got a lot on our plate. We haven't get. We'll get to him later. And he's like, don't worry about it. He's gone. (laughs) Uh, Al comes in with the doc and doc is just like shit faced. (laughs) Uh, Al just like sets doc in the chair so that he can go talk to Seth. (laughs) He's like, you just stay here. And it's like, help him get his shine on and yeah. whatever jewel sees the doc and she's walking around in her boot and she's walking mm. a lot better and she says no stiffness or numbness and uh doc asks her like ah like it ends on like the sweetest uh, yeah. goddamn note but even here doc just saying like let me see you move around a little bit ah so heartwarming then jewel yeah. says doc you know give me a whirl oh i love that so much Oh god, that just <laughs> fucking wrecks me, man. Uh, and but Doc's, Doc's like, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> being a total me. Uh, we get to Al's office. Seth has to step over the magistrate's blood. Yeah, because you got a stain on your floor, and Al's like, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get through that. <laughs> Seth says that uh, Otis is leaving alive. If he comes back. Uh, it'll be my problem to deal with it. And uh, Al's just kind of like, oh, really? And Seth's like, yeah, I'll be the... F- or uh, deal with it like you dealed with, dealt with Persimmon Phil, I think he said. Uh-huh. Or Ned Mason. Yeah. And Seth says, no, I'm going to be the fucking sheriff. So Al says, you got the you got the tin or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Al takes a badge out. And he, or Seth Al, takes it out. Seth takes he's the like, badge out. Oh, he's got that great basically. You got the tin? Yeah. Well, then produce it. Produce it. <laughs> And then he says, on the tit. <laughs> Seth pins a badge on, and now they have, like, a real sheriff. Yeah. And it's interesting, this is, like, completely different from the quote-unquote official swearing-in of their sheriff yeah. with the mayor 
and you know documented in photograph yeah where that was like a complete sham and like this mm-hmm. one's done upstairs with a business owner yeah who's like installing his own sheriff so to speak like it seems completely underhanded and shady but it's like the actual right yeah. move um anyway i thought that was an interesting contrast i mean it also ties into like well what you're pointing out about the scene where a crook was giving that speech of the heroic white men who were taking over the land and then there's this guy on the side telling you what really happened yeah and it goes back to what i think the first two episodes of season two are called a lie agreed upon Mm -hmm. and that's something that's been running through the show since its first episode is history is just a lie that everyone agreed upon and you know there's so many things from like you know all these when when you know eb was made mayor like eb's not the fucking mayor but they're just like (laughs) yeah you're the mayor fine and like seth's marriage even like they're not husband and wife it's not his son yeah but you know because of circumstances this is the situation um but anyway uh, back in the thoroughfare, the cavalry's leaving, and it kind of we get shots of everyone around the camp watching them leave. And like <laughs> in the commentary, they have stories about how, like, yeah, they had to call everyone to set just to get a shot at everyone. They just had to like <laughs> stand around for hours just to get one shot at everybody. But uh, uh, Alma watches her dad get carried off. Alan, Seth are on the balcony together, watching it. Uh, Seth is watching and he sees Trixie from across the way and Trixie kind of gives a little smile. Mm -hmm. Adams kind of walks up and is standing next to her and is like, Oh, Mm -hmm. these are now coworkers. Yeah. Uh, And there's Johnny standing next to Dan and Charlie is in front of his store watching. And then Merrick is next to EB and EB is like, you can tell he's pissed that he didn't get (laughs) money for resupplying him. And then there's like, a deserting soldier that runs out and moons the general. When <laughs> uh, Alan Seth are talking on the balcony, <laughs> and he said, "You know, I'd never once spoken to her since she came to camp." <laughs> talking to Alma, and yeah, I kind of went, "Holy shit, that's yeah. true!" <laughs> and he also like kind of drops the fact that he knows something's going on between them. Yeah, he's like, "It's one more reason not to kill her, old man." Plus, whatever's going on between the two of you, <laughs> and that's gonna be a point of contention between the two of them in the days to come uh al tells seth like i'm gonna go walk past that blood stain that mysteriously appeared and go see to my business interests <laughs> and seth is like all right i'm sheriff but i'm i'm gonna have to and it goes back to like sold understand like he's the right choice for sheriff and he's gonna be better than constableton but he's mm-hmm. not 100 percent pure no He's he still like helped bribe all those officials in Yankton, and he's mm-hmm. ignoring a blood stain on the floor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Seth and Alma then they like share a longing glance across the thoroughfare, and that so that relationship is like officially kicked off mm-hmm. uh, in earnest. Then we get to the last scene, which is <laughs> uh I don't know if there's any I can't. I don't think we can actually like say any words that will bring justice to like how perfect an ending to a season of television this is. Yeah. And like perfectly encapsulates everything I love about Deadwood's worldview and like view of humanity mm-hmm. where it's like, here's 
you know, a murderous saloon owner looking down on his like hired muscle and a whore and a grave robbing doctor dancing with someone with cerebral palsy. Uh, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's hard. It's these people scratching and clawing to get through the shit of life Mm -hmm. and have had so many things thrown at them and they still have time to have a little dance at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, in this candlelit bar and Al looks over and is uh, just looking he he kind of like looks at Trick Trixie looks up at him smiling yeah, he just, yeah. he he doesn't give her a like scolding look but he's like what are you looking at and yeah. she's just like oh, whatever and like yeah. looks back at it and he I think that finally softens him up yeah because you see him go what was that but keeps looking and uh watches doc and jewel dance and that's the end of season one yes <sighs> my goodness <laughs> that was very good yeah very good the whole way through so we've reached the end of season one mm-hmm. we're set up for season two in the days to come any final thoughts uh, I'm as nimble as a forest creature. I've completely skipped over that. <laughs> yes, that is such a good say. I'm as nimble as a forest creature. No, you're as, you. You're as nimble. Say as... it about yourself. Yeah. Which, <laughs> God. Uh, Very good. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that is the final episode of season one, Sold Under Sin. Uh, as we mentioned, we're going to have a season one recap show to give us a little buffer between between this and season two. Hopefully you won't get too uh, impatient with carrying on. I'm <laughs> sure you'll just keep watching anyway. Um, like we had mentioned last week for our wrap-up show, if you have any questions you'd like us to cover, any topics you'd like us to discuss, get at us uh, on Twitter. We're at Deadwood Pod. Um, find our facebook page just unauthorized cinnamon on facebook um i'm sure you can like there's a url but no one types a url in <laughs> facebook just search for unauthorized cinnamon we'll be there um also visit our uh home at mockingbird network mockingbirdnetwork.com see all our other great podcasts including my other podcast throwing junk including revenge of the world the stacks relationship poly one a podcast Ryan's Crash Corner, so many great ones. Um, if uh, we also like to thank everyone that subscribed on uh, iTunes, uh, if you have subscribed, if you could give us a rating and a review, that would really help us out. We're getting really more numbers than we ever thought we ever would, and we're incredibly grateful. But mm-hmm. we could really use ratings and reviews if you guys have time. Hit us up on Twitter and in facebook you know we're happy to answer questions or chat or whatever well that's season one anything harry you got anything no not really boy <laughs> boy oh boy I, right, will, well, I will say uh having gone through this uh you want to know a good way to make god laugh what's that <laughs> hearing your sight <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you can listen but every time that you do it i just crack i'm just like <laughs> 
I got some great fucking <laughs> <laughs> I love the, it. The love the it. tragedy for the podcast audience yeah. is like the Cy Tolliver impression needs you to put your hands up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Rejected>. <laughs> You're missing the whole fucking point. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for a great first season. We will see you for the uh, recap episode, and if not, we'll see you for the beginning of season two. We'll talk to you later. Mockingbird Network. Hello and welcome to Unauthorized Cinnamon. <laughs> you gotta wait a second. Yeah, I was rolling. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. God. I just got like snot running for a fucking <laughs> 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 <laughs>